John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, this is Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltecca. And this is the High Gain Podcast, John Kiltecca. Sunny, sunny High Gain Podcast, Ed. Yeah, it's pretty nice out here in beautiful West Seattle. It is. It's uh, probably in the like 70 kind of weather. It already feels like it's going to be fall soon. A little bit. Maybe that's me just coming back from SoCal. And your knees are aching. You know, it's just a little damper here and... I actually have a sweater on right now. That's adorable. Yeah. You know how I do with the sweaters and whatnot. Yeah. What are we going to talk about today? Guitars. Cool. And beverages. Okay, cool. That sounds like a pretty fun deal. Yeah. My room got a little fucked up down here. I got to clean this place up. What happened? Our water heater died. That's what happened. No. Friday night. It's just like, hey, there's no hot water. And I went down into the room and it was like leaking the hot water heater. So I had to call a guy and they came out and replaced it. Yep. Terrible. And the room that it's in had stuff sort of in the path, tools and whatnot, you know, stuff. Yep. So I had to take all that stuff out of the side room so they could get the tank in. Now I'm looking and I've got, you know, cool guitars and like drills and hammers and garbage like that. I think the viewers would like to see that, Ed. (laughs) You should take some pictures of that. Of my messy, messy room? Guitars and tools? Hell yeah. Oh, sure. There's an ironing board. Oh, ironing board with clothing? Yeah. Oh, man. I have a mess down here as well, and I'm starting to think that it's messy in a way that people might like to see it. I don't know. Oh. Maybe I should take some pictures. Mine is messy and just like a, oh shit, these people are going to be here in 20 minutes. Quick, let's throw stuff into the studio. Right. My feng shui is kind of getting a little squee-hawed. Your feng shui? Yeah, my feng shui (laughs) is getting a little squee-hawed. Scree-hogged? What? Squee-hawed. It's a little kitty wampus. 
Out of sorts. Out of sorts. All right. I'm looking on the ground and there is a, a MIDI keyboard and a bunch of cables and a big plate of meat and potatoes. Ceramic meat and potatoes or actual? It's whatever they use to make the fake food you see in the windows of restaurants, you know, like the sushi and stuff. You've got one. I've got meat and potatoes, yeah. It doesn't look real up close, right? I think it looks pretty real. Yeah? I'll put a picture of that up, maybe with a pedal sitting on top of it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> real meat and potatoes pedal, like something by EHX. Yeah. You know? I got a guitar here today, Ed. I'm so excited about this guitar. Beverages. <laughs> What'd you think of that, Ed? I don't know what that was, but I didn't like it. I hated it, John. That was a song called Hallowed Be Thy Name by uh, our good friends over at Cradle of Filth. Oh, man, those guys are great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must have just been your delivery. I have big plans for that in the future. Mm. So how did you like how it's going to turn out? It's killer. Yeah. I bet I love that song. We love the Cradle of Filth. Those guys, the best. Super filthy. What kind of beverage do you have, John? Ed. Yeah. Ed. Yeah. I've got a can here. Mm -hmm. It is as beautiful as I hope the beverage is. It's light blue and it has skeletons dancing all over it. Ooh. This is a Monster Energy Mango Loco juice. <laughs> Mango Loco. That sounds delicious. Doesn't it? I went with something similar. The classic Monster Energy. Black can, green label. Ooh. You know it. It's got the like M that kind of looks like three drippy spikes. <laughs> you know? Oh, we're opening. Okay. I'm ready. All right, let's see what we got here. You know, like maybe six people have died from drinking these things. Really? Medical reasons or some sort of spiritual devilly shit? Maybe a combination of both. Too much taurine and too much Satan. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It was you, Ed, mm -hmm. that originally hipped me to the fact that the Monster Energy drink is very, very devilly. I'm a fan of the internet. I've got my finger on the pulse. Are you saying that you found something Monster Energy Devilly juice drink related? Yeah. Oh, shit. My good friend, Christine Wyke. Uh-huh. <laughs> she did some digging into Monster Energy, and she posted a video of how Monster Energy is a satanic beverage. Tell me one way it's a satanic beverage, Ed. I actually pulled down some clips, and there's a clip called Short Top, Long Tail. Okay. The letter Vav is also the number six. Short Top, Long Tail. Short Top, Long Tail. You could have here in Hebrew, 666 on the can. Holy shit. Yeah. The monster logo, the M, is 666 in Hebrew? That's correct. Oh. <sighs> There's another clip I've got there called Cross. That's compelling, Ed. Yes. But the three sixes look like they are connected. They're not really separate. Not on my can. I've got the classic can. Uh-huh. There's no connection between the three. They are discrete sixes. Yes. 
you know, that may be the higher ups at Monster, like backpedaling on the devil. Oh. Why would you do that? There's no going back. Go all in. What's her name? Christine Wyke. All right, let's see what Christine has to say about the cross. What do you see in the O? There's a cross. What has Christ got to do with an energy drink, let alone the name Monster? So I thought, well, maybe this is a Christian company then. BFC at the bottom of the can. Do you know what that stands for? That's the F word. In fact, they write it on the side of the can, so I know that's the F word. Now, do you know what a MILF is? Yes. That's on the box. MILFs, dig it, and you will too. Now, wait a minute. Wait, we got to back up here, Ed. Okay. Where's the F word on the can? See, this is more of the Monster Boys backpedaling. They've apparently removed big fucking can from the big fucking cans. I don't see the MILFs dig it part. See? More backpedaling. I did go to the Monster Energy page to try and verify MILF digging the thing. Yeah. And there is no MILFs dig it on the page that I could find, but they do have an entire section of girls in bikinis on their page. That's still a thing? Apparently, if you're into the monster, the monster crowd, you know. I did find one thing, Ed. Yeah. On my particular can. Right. In between the words energy and juice, there is a red heart with a cross on it. Oh. And a knife going through the heart. So the deal with the cross in the O is that when you drink it and you tip the can upside down to put the monster energy into your mouth. Into your mouth hole? The cross goes upside down. So you're pouring the devil straight into your mouth hole. I got to call bullshit on that because maybe my can gets to horizontal position if I'm tilting my head back enough. It doesn't go upside down. Well, watch the video, John. We'll post a link to the video. <laughs> Mike Citric, he's the uh, Monster Energy spokesperson. Oh. He says, over the years, many reputable companies and brands, including Starbucks Coffee, Disney Entertainment, and Texaco Oil, have been victimized by similar versions of convoluted devil theories, which have always been shown to be absurd. This fabricated devil theory is delusional, fanatical, or simply trying to besmirch the good name and reputation of a successful company and brand. Yeah. It does say unleash the beast on this can, oh. which is kind of devilly. Mine says that too. Okay, Christine, maybe you're on to something. Christine also, she's not a fan of homosexual people, white zombie, Muslims. Uh, she says she's simply a servant of God. Right. Gotcha. So in order to be a servant of God, she stood in a street corner on Mother's Day with a sign that said, thank your mom today for not being gay. Awesome. Turns out she's a terrible person. Hey, you know what I got here, Ed? Do you have a monster beverage logoed Schecter guitar? I do. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> sick is that guitar sick i gotta tell you ed it kind of is is it <laughs> Schecter guitar models you've got the banshee you've got the hellraiser you've got the omen you've got the fucking demon you've got the reaper what is with these dudes clearly 
devilly. Straight up devil shit. We have never done a Schecter, Ed. I don't know a lot about Schecter, except I looked at their artist thing, and I looked at the names of their guitars. So you probably noticed Cradle of Filth. Cradle of Filth, King of Liars? Who's the King of Liars, John? I don't know. Fucking Satan, baby. The devil. Come on, Beelzebub. Old Beal. King of Liars. One of their guitar players that is sponsored by them. King of Hell. That's his name. King of Hell. From the band Abbath. That's fucking medley. You know, if you're in hell and the whole idea is that you're going to be there forever and it's going to be torturous, you can never get used to it. You will never have a moment's peace for the rest of your afterlife. It would seem that hell has to be completely random. If that's the case, how can there be a king of it? I don't know, John. It just seems antithetical to have a governmental structure in hell. Well, you clearly don't know as much as this dude does because he's got like white face within the black runny makeup and an upside down cross on his forehead. Oh. So this dude knows a lot about hell, I imagine. He's going to know then. Yeah. I shouldn't Monday morning quarterback the king of hell. Schechter. Okay, yeah. Our country had a birthday in 1976. 200 years, the bicentennial. To celebrate that, our man David Schechter mm-hmm. opens up Schechter Guitar Research in Van Nuys, California. God bless him. 76? Yeah. It seems like the right time. All these other big companies are consolidating. Old Jimmy Schechter, he just slides on in there and takes over, right? Down there in Schechter, California? Yeah. But he wasn't making guitars, Ed. That's the thing. Okay. He was a replacement parts guy. Oh, okay. High quality replacement part. Any part you can name, he did it. Pickups. All of it. Necks. Everything. Tuning pegs. Yep. Strings? Uh, ah, damn it. Yeah. There was a rumor there for a while that he was making parts uh-huh. for Fender and Gibson. He made so many parts. Mm-hmm. That rumor is not true. But shortly after that, 79, three years later, he got into the making of the full guitars. Okay. Here is what he wanted to do, Ed. And I think you're going to like this. He thought to himself, I'm going to make custom models and they are going to be the highest quality they can possibly be. And they will only be carried by a handful of dealers in the United States. I like his deal. So at that point, you could get it in like 20 places in America. Love it. They were expensive and they were super duper high quality. Great. Don't stop that. Yes. And it was successful. It worked. Okay. People loved them. People loved them. In 1983, it was so successful, he could not meet the demand. Okay. Too many people wanted them. He couldn't make them fast enough. So he sold. Who did he sell to? Satan. Satan himself. If by Satan you mean a group of investors in Texas. Oh, probably then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds correct. They bought it and moved the whole thing to Dallas, Texas in 83. Okay. No more Van Nuys, California for them. Uh, and they started adding imported parts to the original USA Schecter parts. Okay, they're still making them in the U.S., but they're importing something. That's right. Which I suppose is fine. Doesn't have to be a bad thing. We've talked about this before, like shallower tuning machines. They're made in Germany, and they are some of the finest tuning machines you can get. Sure. So it's not like that would have to be bad. Yeah, I probably have a really weird take on that. I don't know. 
I picture France, Switzerland, Canada, USA, Germany, countries where people are paid a fair wage as opposed to countries where you go there because you can pay people a nickel a day. To make your tuning machines? Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. You know what I mean, though? Making an argument that things made overseas is not necessarily bad, and then you build that argument up by saying, oh, see, these watches made in Switzerland. <laughs> like, Right. What are the economic drivers? Yeah. In any event, the Dallas boys? Yeah. They couldn't hold it together for more than like five years. Okay. Here's what they were doing. In 1984, their first year, they show up at NAMM mm -hmm. with 12 new guitars, and they're all based on models that Schechter had been making up till then, Telly Strat style kind of guitars, right? Okay. So those initial year ones, they were not courting the like butt rock market. No, no. They were like Tellys and Strats. Huh. Later, these things would get names, like the Telly style one would be called the Saturn. Sure. And the Strat would be the Mercury. And then later on, they started naming them I Love Satan. Everybody knows the ILS models. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> the ILS. <laughs> the I Love Satan line. That's so great. Oh my God. <laughs> Okay. So they show up at NAM with all these guitars, and then they get a big fucking problem. I'll see you in court, says CBS-owned Fender Musical Instruments. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow, so they were that close. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fender never really had a problem when our man David Schechter was running the deal as a parts business. Sure. They didn't see that as a threat. Right. But once the Dallas boys show up with 12 new guitars at NAM, all shaped like Fender's, Maybe Fender's not real into that. Yeah. So in 1985, they took it to federal court seeking unspecified damages, alleging copyright infringement and the duplication of their guitars. It was not just the Dallas Boys. It was Tokai and it was ESP guitars. Mm-hmm. See you in hell, says Fender. Good riddance to bad trash. That's what they say. That's right. So as a result of that, by 1987, Schechter cannot hang on. They have to close. Oh. So they're done. Whatever the unspecified damages were, I guess Fender sued them out of existence. It was a couple bucks. But it's okay, Ed. Okay. Because here comes Hisataki Shibuya. Okay. He's a Japanese entrepreneur. Yeah. He owned the Musicians Institute in Hollywood. Oh. Where all the Weedly Weedlies go to learn how to... Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay. But... This is not some kind of weird coincidence because Mr. Shibuya also was the owner of ESP Guitars. Hmm. So Mr. Shibuya buys the company. Okay. What's left of it in the name, the Schechter name, first thing he does is moves it back to California. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, he does. Hell yeah, my dude. And then he returns it to its custom shop high-end vibe roots. Cool. And he wants to go back to selling it to a limited amount of retailers. What year is this? 87. Okay. One of the few places that carries them now is a place called Sunset Custom Guitars in Hollywood, California. I mention it only because that, as it happens, was also owned by Mr. Shibuya. That dude was in SoCal owning stuff. Yeah, I love it. He had kids working there, like the young hip kids that were musicians and knew about guitars to kind of give it the vibe. One of the kids was Michael Ciravolo. 
What's his deal? His deal is that over the years, I guess he got in real good with Mr. Shibuya. Okay. Because by 96, what is that, nine years later? Yeah. Mr. Shibuya asks Michael Ciravolo if he wouldn't like to become Schechter's new president. Huh. This kid who was working at the custom guitar shop is now the president of Schechter. Cool. What does he do with it, Ed? Considering this guitar that you are playing, yes, this sweet, sweet Schecter Monster Energy hybrid, <laughs> yeah, they go for about two hundred to three hundred dollars on the internet. Right. I'm thinking that he did not continue that made in America custom high end guitar thing. That's my guess. You could be right, maybe. <laughs> I'm going out on a limb and thinking that these guitars you can now buy for two to four hundred dollars are not made in right los angeles that's my guess but there was a reason for it mm -hmm. he wanted to bring the profile of the company higher so he starts getting some endorsers back then in the mid 90s it was robert DeLeo of the stone temple pilots oh sure it was the white zombie dudes white zombie uh-huh christine wyke had a kid out of wedlock that her mom made her have. She then started cheating on her husband left and right. Oh. Yes. Gets divorced. Oh. Moves in with a dude. And the guy she moves in with had an older daughter. The older daughter had a white zombie CD. And it was full of devilly shit. And that's what put her on the path. That is inspiring. Now, do you know what a MILF is? Yes. That's on the box. <laughs> MILFs, dig it. And you will too. MILFs dig it. MILFs dig it, baby. Do GILFs dig it? I hope so. <laughs> I didn't know someone in White Zombie was actually a Schechter player. There's too many coincidences here for me to think this is not the work of the devil. Creepy. So, Ciravolo wanted to appeal to more people, so he gets the endorses in. Mm -hmm. And he never was, it turns out, fond of Fender shapes anyway. So, he wanted to move away from those shapes and do cooler stuff anyway. Sure. In 96, he adds the Hellcat series. See? You're playing with fire. You play one of these guitars, you might as well be playing like a Ouija board. You're just inviting the devil into your heart, John. So now he's got another problem. So he's got these great new models. He's got the endorses. But with the idea that these are impeccably high-end guitars, mm -hmm. how many people at the end of the day are going to be able to afford them? He wants younger musicians, broader customer base. Sure. That's where this comes in. This guitar, Ed, that I'm holding that looks like a Telecaster yeah. is part of the Diamond series. Okay. Introduced in 1998. Yep. This particular one is the Diamond PT. I don't know what P stands for, but I think T is Telecaster. This one has two humbuckers in it. Let's do our thing, Ed. I'm really bridgy. Here comes the neck. Back into the middle and do the thing. Two pickups, volume tone, and a pickup selector. That's it. Not even a pick guard on this thing. On the back of it, Ed, mm -hmm. the metal neck plate yeah. is black. Oh, okay. With a silver monster logo right in the middle of it, the 666. Yes. Yes. It's a string through body, black tuning machines. And it sounds and plays pretty great. They called these finishes, and they did them for a lot of people. Yeah. 
They called them novelty finishes. The monster logo thing. Right. Any corporation, whoever. They don't care. I love the high ground these guys seem to be taking. This, Ed. Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. This is a Walrus Audio Lillian multi-stage analog phaser. Okay. So that's kind of cool. And I noticed earlier that anything that pulses like this, Mm -hmm. if you put it on with other things that pulse, so they introduced this diamond series, Ed, Okay. at the NAMM show in 1998. Okay. And they, at the time, were made in Incheon, South Korea. Okay. The one we have is from 2017. It's made in China. Yeah. And how does that do for them? Apparently pretty well, because that custom shop there in SoCal, Mm -hmm. they expand by adding 14,000 more square feet to it. To the factory? Yeah. Cool. So I guess the revenue they're getting off these South Korean ones is enough to justify that move. I did look at their custom shop. They are some pricey guitars, for sure. I guess if you've got an American Schecter, congratulations, you've got a fine instrument. Yeah, they're like two grand on the low end of the Custom Shop USA. Recently at Uncle Frank's, ThunderRoadGuitars.com, there was an American Hellcat. Oh, no kidding. It was pretty cool. Huh. They've got this legacy of making things that the devilly people really love. Maybe stick with that. Yeah, stick with the stuff the devil people want. (laughs) Hey, did you know that Monster makes 49 different kinds of devil drinks? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I've drank almost this entire Monster Energy can. Yeah. I was drinking coffee this morning, and then I started drinking this Monster. I'm feeling a little fucking riled up right now. I'm trying to figure out if I'm having, like, you know, cardio infarctions or something. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) They've had six deaths. Uh, It might just be seven, maybe eight. End of the day. This shit's getting me going. Monster energy drink. Yeah. Where do you think they're like rock solid bases? There are these people everywhere. Edge lords. Wait, wait. Edge lords? You know. What's that? Like an edge lord. Come on, John. Is that a devilly thing? No. Is that some Dungeons and Dragons thing? No. Edgy dudes. Do you have like gauges in your ears? Is there more metal than normal in your head? (laughs) Crappy tattoos. 45-year-old dudes who still ride BMX bikes. (laughs) These are your core Monster Energy audience. Among the sports that Monster Energy supports are MMA. Yes, check. BMX, motocross, uh, NASCAR, (laughs) skateboarding and snowboarding. Yes. As well as electronic sports. Yeah, those dudes have got to get cranking on the Monster. They support the Professional Bull Riders Tour. Edgelords are universal, John. My favorite is that the Monster logo figures prominently on the side of Tiger Woods' golf bag. Where the rubber meets the road, Ed. How's it play? The action's really nice. And if I just put it into normal town, it's got a completely serviceable tone. It sounds great and plays well. Somebody should pick this up. Yeah. Viewers, go on the interwebs, go to thunderroadguitars.com, mm-hmm. and check out the Monster Schecter. Yeah, grab that thing.
Speaking of the interwebs, Ed. Yeah. We had a lovely interaction this week, didn't we? We did. We did. I'll explain this to the viewers. We order t-shirts for swag purposes, and sometimes you get them and they're off. So we had a whole bunch of shirts that were kind of misprinted. Yeah. I thought, what am I going to do with these? Oh, I'll just throw them up on Instagram for cost and just say, hey, if anybody wants one of these, whatever. Sure. So we got some DMs. Among them, our new great friend, Jack Studdard in Fayetteville, Georgia. Yeah. So he's on the DM with me saying, okay, here's my address. How do you want the dough? Like, I can PayPal it to you, whatever. And then he says, you wouldn't happen to be John Kiltica, would you? From the High Gain Podcast? Yeah. Not the John Kiltica. <laughs> yeah, like, like we have staff that handles Instagram for us or something. <laughs> It's our unpaid intern. So we get to talking and he says, make sure to tell Ed. I said, hi. And I don't know if you were just lurking the whole time or what you were doing, but Ed's like, hey man, here I am. Sure. And then I FaceTimed him, like called him and did a little FaceTime and gave him a tour of my studio. It was still a little messy, but it wasn't quite as messy as it is now. So he saw it pre-complete wreck. He was out and about, so then he left a video tour of his studio, which was very nice. Yeah, he showed us some guitars. Yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. Where are you going to get that kind of genuine one-on-one meet a new friend? Where are you going to get that, Ed? The the high gain. Apparently from us is where you're going to get that. Thehighgain.com. I imagine by now our man Jack has received his shirt and is proudly wearing it. You kidding? Of course. I bet he's actually like, oh, what did I do? (laughs) These fucking guys are calling me now. I just wanted the shirt. I didn't know you were going to FaceTime me. <laughs> exactly. Don't you guys have lives? I just wanted a shirt. Now I'm like fucking getting phone calls from these dudes. And what the fuck? Sorry, dude. Apologies. I don't know what I was doing. If you guys prefer like less high touch situations. We don't have to call you. Yeah. Just so you know, it is an option apparently. But if you prefer the arm's length approach, go to thehighgain.com. Look around. Leave a comment there. Yeah. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Great. LinkedIn. Sure. Instagram. Pinterest. Patreon. Patreon.com slash the high gain. We're everywhere, John. That was great, Ed, and I am jacked up. I think I'm going to go mow the lawn like eight times in a row. Sure. I'll see you next week, maybe? Uh, Yeah, I think I'll be here. Okay, see you, Ed. Hail Satan. Hail Satan, John. Okay, bye. Now, do you know what a MILF is?